Welcome to Two Crones in a Book, where your host Shell and Annette will give you honest, in-depth book reviews and share book-themed rambles that may or may not on occasions take a dark and twisty, if not utterly bizarre turn. Reviews start with light spoilers, if you want to know if the books are any good, and then we head to the spoiler floor, where we give a blow-by-blow breakdown for any of you cheeky chappies who want to sound like you've read the book, but just don't have the time to read it. But all those of you that did read it and thought, what the fuck? Either way, be warned, every episode will contain spoilers and language that some listeners may find offensive, thus the explicit rating. So consider yourself thoroughly fucking warned. <laughs> now, take a seat, buckle up, buttercup. It's time to begin. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Two Crones and a Book. To ramble this episode, we are going to talk about our top three books, that's each our top three books each that we haven't covered in previous episodes and there is no real restrictions other than, what was that? it was no graphic novels wasn't it yeah because we've done a lot yeah. about graphic novels in the last episode yeah. a few episodes haven't we other than that we're pretty much free reign so that said Annette, my lovely, do you want to play tag? What was your first book? Or do you want to do them all? What do you want no, to do? No, we'll, we'll, we'll chop and change. Well, what I, say, what I will say is with the no graphic novel embargo, <laughs> I was very restricted. <laughs> well, no, because the amount... But you've been reading loads lately. Well, this is the thing. My intake of literature has skyrocketed since doing this podcast. So you're always saying to me, have you tried this? Have you tried that? I know, but do I finish them? That's the question. <laughs> uh, so you don't share that bit yeah, with me. <laughs> I just sound better than I am. I, I have managed to scratch three together. One of which I haven't started yet, but I, it's so fascinating. So this is one that's your, it's, it, your next to be read. It's like it? I've got it downloaded on the Kindle, ready to go. Lovely. And okay. This and it was a recommendation. This is the House of Psychotic Women, an autobiographical <laughs> topography of female neuroses in horror and exploitation yeah. films. Ooh. And this is okay. Yeah. This it's it's just had it. This is its tenth anniversary year. It's it's massive in like a, a niche market. Mm. <laughs> massive in a niche yeah. market. Written by. Oh, I, I hate to butcher your name, Kerla Janice. That's who, yeah. Um, Canadian, a female Canadian author. I think she, I think yep. she was a journalist as well, is a journalist as well. At the time of recording, she's actually touring the UK now, promoting the tenth anniversary book. And I'm absolutely gutted. I found out too late, so I can't go. Oh no! Absolutely right. So I'll just, I'll give you. A little bit of the description. Cinema is full of neurotic personalities, but few things are more transfixing than a woman losing her mind on screen. Horror as a genre provides the most welcoming platform for these his- for these histri- histrionics, crippling paranoia, desperate loneliness, masochistic death wishes, dangerous obsessiveness, apocalyptic hysteria. Unlike her male counterpart, the eccentric, the female neurotic, lives a shamed existence, making these films those rare places where her destructive emotions get to play. House of Psychotic Women is an examination of these characters through a daringly personal autobiographical lens. Anecdotes and memories interweave with film history, criticism, trivia and confrontational imagery to create a reflective personal history and a celebration of female madness, both on screen and off. 
Love it. Apocalyptic hysteria <laughs> and female madness. I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the list of films that this, like you can find it online, mm, yeah. that this um, talks about mentions or, you know, it's like a dream movie list. I mean, it's going to cost me a fortune reading this book. <laughs> Of those that I don't have already, I'm definitely going to be watching. I mean, we're talking from hag exploitation to modern uh, interpretations yeah. of female horror. Oh, Michelle, I'm I'm so excited to read this book. I really am. I'm just having a look at the cover now and seeing if there was any of the um, list of books to uh, list of films to have a look. Oh, I've just opened up a preview page. Yeah. And straight away, have you got a maleficent problem? <laughs> Tell me you don't want to read this book. <laughs> yeah, no, it look, looks pretty, pretty cool. That could be the title of your autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the minute it's more like fa fa. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> no, I think yours would be no, a life of I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what? That would probably be quite fitting. One of my latest things is, oh, that sounds terrible, but it also sounds like a you problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, my own son tells me that all the time now. Does my he? 14-year-old child will go, ooh, that sounds like a you problem, mum. <laughs> so, wow. Wind your neck in. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really, really good. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm so excited to read. I mean, like I said, when, once you look up the movie list, I think we might have to have a a, a couple of not, maybe non-podcast sessions of uh, movie watch-alongs. Yeah. Definitely. Sounds good to me. So, what's your first one then, my darling? A million miles from yours. Um, this is... Uh, it's called Alice, and it's by Christina Henry. Found it by mistake, picked it up because I didn't have anything else with me to, to read. Yeah. Uh, and it's the description is, in a warren of crumbling buildings called the Old City, a hospital echoes with the screams of the poor souls inside. Inside, there is a woman. Her hair, once blonde, hangs in tangles down her back. She doesn't remember why she's in such a terrible place. Just a tea party long ago and long ears and blood. Then one night, a fire at the hospital gives the woman a chance to escape, leaving her free to uncover the truth about what happened to her all those years ago. It's basically a very dark and twisty retelling of Alice in Wonderland. I picked it up. I don't even know if this is is young adult, what genre this would fall into. But it was fucking brilliant. My God, that sounds pretty Couldn't put it down. Yeah, so she's in an asylum, and it's it. Yeah, it, it's very loosely based on on Alice. It doesn't. Yeah, I, I couldn't spoil anything when it starts talking about the caterpillar and stuff like that. But there's there's three of them, and I've I've ordered the other two. Nice. So um, yeah, Christina Henry. Apparently, she does. I'm going to keep my eye out for her more now. She does a lot of of that retelling sort of style. Oh, I like that. Yeah, apparently she's done one about Peter Pan, and because have you heard the theory that's going around? I'm sure it's old, but I've only just heard about it, um, where people are saying, "But what if Peter Pan was the villain and Captain Hook was trying to save the children from Peter?" I've I I vaguely remember hearing something like that, and I was like, "Yeah." So it's that sort of approach that she takes to it. Um, it was 304 pages. This is paperback. 304 pages. Titan put books is the publisher. Just having a look when it was out. When was it published? Uh, 2016 it was published. Oh, so there might be an audio. Oh, yeah, there should definitely be an audio. Mm. 
anyway, it was really, really good, and I put it on your list. Awesome. Definitely. That definitely sounds like one that's going on the uh, non-pod list. Cool. What's yours next one? Okay, so my next one... Oh, God. I mean, I just sound like such a bloody fangirl at this bloody point. <laughs> you know, just go you with know it. Who Embrace it. You know it. who it's going to be. It's Mr. Chapman again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, you do sound like a fangirl, baby. No. <laughs> but like I said, I'm really limited on what I've read outside of the pod. So yes. these, so like that first one, I haven't even started yet. This one, I have definitely uh, listened to yes. on the audio on the Audible. And this was his, uh, just because to give us a better uh, impression when we were looking at Ghost Eaters and obviously Whispers Down the mm-hmm. So I had to check it out. And this was his first novel. It was called The Remaking. This is this is Clay McLeod Chapman. Yes, this is Clay McLeod Chapman, Mr. Ghost Eaters, Mr. Whisp Down the Lane. She's, sorry, everyone, she's on first name basis with him. Now. My, my friend Clay. <laughs> <laughs> Claybo. <laughs> Here's a summary. Inspired by a true story, this supernatural thriller for fans of horror and true crime follows a tale as it evolves every twenty years with terrifying results. Ella Louise has lived in the woods surrounding Pilots Creek, Virginia, for nearly a decade. Publicly, she and her daughter Jessica are shunned by their upper-crust family and Pilots Creek residents. Privately, despite townspeople visit her apothecary for a cure to what what ails them. Oh my god. Until Ella Louise is blamed for the death of a prominent customer. Accused of witchcraft, both mother and daughter are burned at the stake in the middle of the night. Ella Louise, Ella Louise's burial site is never found, but the little girl has the most famous grave in the South. A, sleep, a steel-reinforced coffin surrounded by a fence of interconnected white crosses. Their story will take the shape of an urban legend as it's told around a campfire by a man forever marked by his boyhood encounters with Jessica. Decades later, a boy at the campfire will cast Amber Pendleton as Jessica, a 70s horror movie inspired by the witch girl of Pilot's Creek. Amber's experiences of that's Amber's experiences on that set and its meta remake in the 90s will ripple through pop culture, ruining her life and her career after she becomes the target of a witch hunt. So you can imagine this. If I'd found this book first, I mean, it's tick, 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 tick for me. (laughs) (laughs) This is everything I've, you know, it's the urban legends witchcraft um yeah 70s horror 90s meta horror i mean it's like oh come on (laughs) (laughs) it was made for you it proper is so this is why i referred to like in the ghost eaters episode why it's kind of like a a a great mixtape his books because it it just hits every beat of what i'm into but this was like the big pow this is your first one it's like oh god if how did I not You write? started with it last. <laughs> what was I thinking? No, it's a, it's really, really good, really enjoyable. But you can see definitely where the progression has yep. come from. I So in a sense, I wouldn't say it's... I mean, it's hard to say which, it's not particularly his strongest book, but it's still a really fucking strong book. 
Yep. It's so yep. strong. But then when you see the uh, the elevation of the other two, it's it does it's going up a scale. Yep. But what a place to start from. It's so good. Excellent. Yep. So that's sounds yeah, it. That's a definite like I I'd, I'd get it on the Audible if I were anyone. Was the narrator good? Yeah, well, it's a few different ones, and actually, Clay is in plays one of the characters in that recording. <laughs> My friend Clay. I'm beginning, to, I'm beginning to fear for your obsession. No, it's not an obsession. It's just a really good writer. I'm sorry. I, I, w- I will say that he he is really really good. I've enjoyed everything that I have read. I haven't read his entire catalogue. Um... <laughs> Oh my but god! But yeah, no, definitely. You're gonna get me in so much trouble. Oh, you love it. Okay, my turn. Yes. So, come on, what's your next one, Mrs. So this, I went to a serial killer talk. It was really, really good. It was a lecture about serial killers. Jealous. Um, it, it was awesome. Um, and one of the books that this psychologist—I can't remember her name—but this psychologist was talking about uh, was called *The Gift of Fear* survival signals that protect us from violence now being the book nerd that i am in it and you know that i read everything except mills and boons <laughs> um it had to go on the list and i managed to pick up a copy and basically it's the, the synopsis is as follows a stranger in a deserted parking lot offers to help carry a woman's groceries is he a good samaritan or is he after something else a fired employee says you'll be sorry will he return with a gun after their first date a man tells a woman it's their destiny to be married what will he do when she won't marry him a mother was has e- an easy feeling about the nice babysitters she's just hired. Should she not go to work today? These days, no one in America feels immune to violence. But now in this extraordinary, groundbreaking book, the nation's leading expert on predicting, predicting violent behaviour unlocks the puzzle of human violence and shows that, like every creature on Earth, we have within us the ability to predict the harm others might do us and get out of its way. Contrary to popular myth, human violence almost always has a discernible motive and is preceded by clear warning signs. Through dozens of compelling examples from his own career, Gavin D. Becker teaches us how to read the signs using our most basic but often discounted survival skill, our intuition. The gift of fear is a remarkable, unique combination of practical guidance on leading a safer life and profound insight into human behaviour. So basically, this guy is selling the idea that um, obviously, there are always random acts of violence that you can't predict. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, that's aside from that, this is to do with people that you know and that people you uh, interact with or there's some kind of, of, of social level with it that you can pick up instincts and those little niggles, women's intuition, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck, whatever you want to call it. But society and conditioning has taught us to ignore those out of politeness sake mm-hmm. you know so if it, as a woman if you've if you've got someone who a guy who's being really insistent to you so like you know let me buy you a drink no thank you it's okay yeah you know i don't want one thank you i'm with people no no let me buy you a drink no really it's okay and then they walk away and they come back with a drink mm. now socially you're going to look like a super bitch if you say mate i'm not drinking it i told you i didn't want one yeah now you look rude and he's going to go, oh, Jesus, I only brought you a drink. God, what, you stuck up and you look like you're the one in the wrong. But you have said you're not in the wrong because you have said all along, no, thank you. Yeah. You know, no, thank you. I don't want one. 
so it, it's that so not the things that are out of us i mean all violence is out of our sphere of control and regardless of the synopsis that i've just read I, I by no means believe that you can predict all violence i think the biggest monsters are the ones with the nicest smiles <laughs> definitely um and i you know i don't think that you can survive on um intuition and instinct alone because some of these people are very very clever and very very skilled at what they do yes um, you know, look at some of the serial killers who, who Golden Gate, uh, the Golden Bridge killer, Golden, Golden State killer. killer. Yeah, I mean, how long did he kill for, and how long was it before he was caught? And he was a copper. Exactly. You know, so I don't believe in its entirety, but I, I do think that we should pay more attention to our our instinct as people. You know, when something at the back of your head doesn't feel right, I always say my teeth hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just get that little thing at the back. And you're like, no, I, I think we should be less polite not intentionally rude but i think we should be less polite and we should go no actually i'm leaving yeah it's a big thing at the minute isn't it especially um over here trust with the uh, police and women i mean yeah we have the sarah everhard case just for anyone who who doesn't know who, who's out of the uk this is uh, this was a, a relatively ranking copper mm-hmm. um he, he he raped and killed a woman yeah it was during as we were coming out of covid ish you know i mean obviously yeah. we're still in it but she was walking home from a friend's flat um yeah of an evening and he just pulled up to her said that she was breaking covid rules and flashed his id yeah he was off duty at the time but he you still he still used his badge and told her that to get in the car and he would take her back home and in and obviously he did. He didn't take her home. He did what he did. That's you know. It, it does bring about that. But this whole thing of like we've got to stop being polite about it. And it's true. Don't feel conditioned into. But what do you do when it's a mem- someone that you've been told your entire life to respect authority? It's really really hard. I mean, one of the things that's come out from that now. I, d- I don't know if you're aware, and I can't quote word for word, but now you, as a woman, as long as you don't resist arrest or become violent. You can now refuse to be searched. You can refuse to be accompanied or arrested by um, a lone copper. Mm-hmm. And you can request a female presence. So if if you were stopped and they said, look, I'm going to arrest you because you've just done X, Y and Z. You can say, OK, I'm now going to stand here while you request backup. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're, we're allowed to do that now. The, the Met Police changed the, the, the policy to be able to do that for safety. So that if you're ever in any doubt, you can say no. Well, because there's re- recently just come out a new report, hasn't there, about the police force and their recruitment policies. Mm. Um, because the amount, the vetting has not been as stringent no. as it should be. And there have actually been people who have been charged or arrested or even done time for things. And I can't believe I'm saying this domestic violence, rape, yep. child sexual abuse have all been hired through the vetting process of the police in the UK. Yeah, they weren't doing enhanced what we call enhanced DBS checks. No. So you, you get a standard DBS check, which is if you've got a conviction, and that conviction will show, and it's, it gives, I don't know if it's the same in other countries, but you, you then get a certificate that says, nope, you haven't been convicted of anything, yeah. and it's a, a government thing. But then you get the enhanced one, and the enhanced one shows if you've been arrested and cautioned, so you don't have to have been charged. It's like if you've ever had anything associated with anything. And they weren't doing that. No, not at all. You know, they were only doing convictions. And then we've we've seen like the knock on from this, where they, while 
as serving members of the police, they have been arrested or not in a lot of cases, but it's now all coming mm. out where they've um, used the authority to sexually abuse women, children. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, the corruption is... It's disgraceful. It's deep-rooted. It really yeah. is. Well, The only thing I, I will say is at least it's being addressed yes. and it's being acknowledged. There's a lot of, of other countries where it's not. No, I think after Sarah Everhard, um, there was a big mirror uh, yeah. shot on the Met Police and it was enough was enough now. Yeah. And, and that can, unfortunately, it's only a good thing, you know. A very high price. Yeah, for for yeah. for it to take that is disgusting, and and she was only one of a high, a high profile, because let's just admit it now, she was an attractive young white woman. Um, yeah. So so how what else has he got away with? Exactly, exactly. And I think all on duty coppers should wear. Sorry, all I think all on duty coppers should wear body cams. Oh, oh, a hundred percent. You know, totally. And um, it should not, once they've come off duty, it goes into a lockbox that no one is getting into and can fiddle with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, that, was, that took a downer. <laughs> Sorry about that. The other two are fun. <laughs> and it's your turn. Uh, well, you say that. <laughs> oh. So my final, my final selection, Michelle... Yep. <laughs> is Jeanette McCurdy's I'm glad my mum died. <laughs> oh, you were going on about this, yeah, yeah. So this book, if you if you are on any kind of um book group on Facebook, you will have seen this plastered everywhere. It has one of the best covers you've ever seen. It's very it's very girly, like kind of seventies ish, and it's Jeanette McCurdy, who yep. some of you, I'd, this is after my time, um, played a character on iCarly, uh, which had its own spin-off, which was Sam and Cat yep. with Ariana Grande. And it's her stood there looking like little Miss Polly Perfect with this pink urn, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a great cover. So here's the summary. A heartbreaking and hilarious memoir of iCarly and Sam and Cat star Jeanette McCurdy about her struggles as a former child actor, including eating disorders, addiction and a complicated relationship with her overbearing mother and how she retook control of her life. Jeanette McCurdy was six years old when she had her first acting audition. Her mother's dream was for her to own, for her only daughter to become a star and Jeanette would do anything to make her mother happy. So she went along with what mom called calorie restriction, yeah. eating little and weighing herself five times a day. She endured extensive home makeovers while mom chided, your eyelashes are invisible, okay? You think Dakota Fanning doesn't tint hers? She was even showered by mom in until the age of 16. While sharing her diet, yeah, her mother showered her every day. What about? Yeah, <laughs> while sharing her diaries, emails, and all of her income. I'm glad my yeah. mum died, Jeanette. In I'm glad my mum died. Jeanette recounts all this in unflinching, 
detail just as she chronicles what happens when the dream finally comes true. Cast in a new Nickelodeon series called iCarly, she is thrust into fame. Though mum is ecstatic, emailing fan club moderators and getting on a first name basis with the paparazzi, Jeanette yep. is riddled with anxiety, shame and self-loathing, which manifests into eating disorders, addiction and a series of unhealthy relationships. These issues only get worse when soon after taking the lead in iCarly spin-off Sam and Cat, alongside Ariana Grande, her mother yeah. dies of cancer. Finally, after discovering therapy and quitting acting, Jeanette embarks on recovery and decides for the first time in her life what she really wants. Ooh. I'm telling you, Michelle. I mean, I I did not know this woman from Adam, you know, Um it's, yep. it's well after our time. I'll, I'm not watching Nickelodeon at that stage. Speak to yourself. I'm young at heart. Oh, wait. <laughs> Hang on now. Well, was your nieces watching it? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't have a clue who she fucking is either. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, what it was is I'd seen an interview with her yep. um, when she was promoting this book. and she oh, yeah. And she read a section where she's in a relationship with an older man that her mother wouldn't approve of. I think he worked on the set of the show, what have you. And she lied to her mother, said she was doing something else, when really she'd gone to Hawaii on holiday with this guy. And the only reason her mother found out was because uh, paparazzi took pictures of them. Yeah, yeah. Put it out there. And then the next morning, she gets this email. And when I say vicious, Michelle, my God... It was every kind of evil, guilt trip, nasty attack you could imagine. Like, you know, she was really calling, telling her like how massive she looked in the pictures and she's disgusted with her and she's a, she's a slut. She's an embarrassment. But when she's, and you know, and she reads this email verbatim and it, and it's just, and I've told your brothers, they're never, they're so ashamed of you and they never want to speak to you again. And then it ends with like, oh, by the way, refrigerator, refrigerator died, send money. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> this woman was like, oh, uh, Michelle, honest, your jaw will be on the floor. It sounds brutal. It is. I mean, but it's, it, I think I don't, it deserves to be, it deserves to be read. It really does. Yeah. I mean... There were, there were literal moments my jaw was on the floor and you don't see it coming. I mean, the whole way through, it's like, yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit dark. This is a bit dark. But we know those kind of women. <laughs> it's a little bit dark. But, you know, we, we've all kind of like, you know, that kind of mother figure. We've seen it before where yep. they're very overbearing and it's all about them and they're living vicariously. Yep. yep. And, oh, but it, and it's just the build up to some of the stuff she comes out with is like, Whoa, what the hell? <laughs> is this one that you'd recommend? Oh my or god. Is it too disturbing? No, no. Um yes, it's it's I mean no, I it's it's possible. It doesn't get like mm, to to a point that we wouldn't normally where I had to put it away. I wanted to keep right. I wanted to keep listening to this. Yes. Um so no, it's a definite high recommend. Everyone I mean a lot of people had issue with it. And that was only from the cover. It's like, you need to know, you need to <laughs> get past that. You know, she's got, she's yeah. got a wicked sense of humor. 
Yeah. She's very self-deprecating, but no, it's and honestly as a triumph of a, a bio, uh, autobiography it's um, it's definitely it this is why i saved it for last it's my absolute favorite thing i think i've read especially of a non-fiction but my reading pile's so big my to be read pile so we've got to stop adding to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well i just as i said as usual i did this on audiobook because i just wasn't going to have the time to sit down and read it yeah so as i'm plodding along i mean this would be a great one for the car even though you'll probably end up sitting in the car that bit longer <laughs> <laughs> or pulling up at the traffic lights with the window slightly open. I've done that before. And you get someone like looking over you going, what the fuck? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> mm, okay. Yep. So that's, that's definitely, I think that's my top recommendation for this year. That's like non-horror, non, and, and is a non-fiction book. So definitely uh, give it a whirl. It'd be well worth your time. All right. So do you have one more for us? Yes, I do have one more. I was a little bit torn. Um, because it was two really really good ones but I, i've gone with something that's easy reading mm-hmm. um it is called the enemy and it's by charlie higson oh yes and it's i think it's it's technically classified as young adult but it's really really good the synopsis is when the sickness came every parent police officer politician every adult fell ill the lucky ones died the others are crazed confused and hungry only children under 14 remain and they're fighting to survive Now there are rumours of a safe place to hide, and so a gang of children begin their quest across London, where all through the city, down alleyways and in deserted houses, underground, the grown-ups lie in wait. But can they make it there alive? It it, It was good. It was really, really good. It's basically a zombie teen horror. Oh, lovely. Um, but it's based, it's, yeah, it's British and you could see yourself in some of the descriptions like that. I, I won't go into too much details, but there's a bit where they end up at Buckingham Palace. Yeah. And it was, you're like, yeah, actually what you just said makes sense. Oh. It was, yeah. Oh. Um, so it was, it was really good. It was a really fun, light, easy read, but enough to keep you engaged and think, I wonder what was going to happen to this poor little sod next. Was there any like, was it like humorous at all? Because Charles Higson's like, also known as like a comedy writer over here, isn't he? Where he does um, something called the Young Bond series, mm. um, which, which didn't appeal to me. It's not as humorous as that. Right. But yeah, it, 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 well, it's not, I haven't read it. It's not as humorous as I'm told that is. Right. Um, but yes, it's quite light and quite relatable and entertaining. So it's not a hardcore zombie, yeah. but it's enough to tick you over. So I, I would recommend that if you're looking for something quick and easy, dirty little quick fix, <laughs> then that, w- that would be the one. Did you have an honourable mention? Um, I don't. I'm afraid. <laughs> I guess awesome. I struggle. I struggled with. The, I think you know. The oh, I will be reading as well. Yep. Um, which I have downloaded on my Kindle. I will say another Crone's favorite. A.M. Shine. He's. I've almost finished it. Oh, I haven't read it yet because <laughs> I was supposed to read it on holiday. But as Michelle has been thoroughly involved, I had a terrible holiday. <laughs> Don't don't ask her about the holiday for God's sake, uh, everybody! Don't mention the holiday. So I had it all ready to read on my tablet, which didn't make it to the holiday. <laughs> but anyway, never mind. So yeah, it's his newest book, A.M. Shine, and it's uh, yep. Creeper, or is it The Creeper? The Creeper. Yep. Uh, currently available in the UK, I know, on Kindle for ninety nine pence. <gasps> ah. 
get it, get it, get it, get absolute, it. I got that one on Audible. Absolute bargain. Yeah. I've, I've nearly finished it. I've, I got it on Audible and I've got about an hour left. Oh. But I'm not going to say any more to you until you've read it. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait to get started on that one. Especially now we're getting into the creepy season. It's, you know, the dark nights are coming in early yeah. and it's cold. Well, it, it jumped right up my list. It, I, I was, You know when you keep thinking, no, I'm, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And it just skipped over some of the poor neglected ones in the To Be Read <laughs> Looking at you long. No. Yeah. Why do you do this to me? So yes, I'm. Um, that's definitely on my next to to read. So I'm very excited for that one. Have you got any? I, yeah, I, I would. I would like to mention one. Okay. Because it's something that I enjoyed so much this year. Um, but I we I can't remember if I already touched on it, which is why I didn't include it in my top three. Okay. And it is called The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein. No, I don't think you have. I haven't seen. I have to be careful with Frankenstein because you know what I get like with Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. I, I could I could do a whole ep- episode on all things Frankenstein book wise. Um, but anyway, this one it's called The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein. Uh, it's by a author called Kirsten White, and the synopsis is as follows: a stunning and dark re-imaging of Frankenstein's whole from the point of view of Elizabeth who is taken by the Frankenstein family. So does everybody remember in the book? If you've read the book, Mm -hmm. there's a little girl. Um, A stunning and dark... I've said that to you already. Um, Elizabeth hasn't had a proper meal in weeks. Her thin arms are covered with bruises from her caregiver and she is on the verge of being thrown into the streets until she is brought to the home of Victor Frankenstein, an unsmiling, solitary boy who has everything except a friend. Victor is her escape from misery. Elizabeth does everything she can to make herself indispensable, and it works. She is taken in by the Frankenstein family and rewarded with a warm bed, delicious food, and dresses of the finest silk. Soon she and Victor are inseparable, but her new life comes at a price. As the years pass, Elizabeth's survival depends on managing Victor's dangerous temper and entertaining his every whim, no matter how depraved. Behind her blue eyes and sweet smile lies the calculating heart of a girl determined to stay alive, no matter the cost as she knows she could be consumed by darkness it's so good (laughs) so good um i mean when it starts off it starts off very aligned to the frankenstein book so you you know if anyone has read frankenstein there's a bit where they see this little girl and she's with this family and she's different from the rest of them you get you get that whole point but it highlights all the way through the book that he's a fucker and she's so frightened of going back and having nothing going to the street that she adapts herself and she manages to calm him curtail him no matter what he does and he does some dark dark shit like um he, I, I think he finds a bird in the nest and he wants to cut it open to see its heart still beating and, she, and this is all when he's a kid yeah um it was really really good it, it does veer off towards the end like you're going because obviously to get a full-bodied story it has to but it really is a reflection of of the time that she would have been in yeah as well you know that's that dependency of women you know you were screwed you 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 had to do what you had to do yeah so yeah i i would i would like to recommend that one to anyone and, and what maybe one day i'll talk it into a frankenstein episode because i'm looking at about six other books all linked to it but we won't do that now <laughs> Um, we would love to hear from anyone if there's anything that you would recommend and we'd really like it if you went away and read any of these and told us whether or not you agreed with us or if you wanted to come back to us and just say to us actually I thought it was shit 
<laughs> we're open to all feedback as always oh and just a quick mention as well michelle before we go um some of you that are already on the facebook group uh, may be aware that we have changed over pages yes that's just so we've made our page more public rather than private and facebook won't let you swap them over from private to public um ah. it's just so we can reach a wider audience and anyone who wants to you know have a nosy or get involved can do they don't have to sign it's up to them you know but yep. if you are still on the old uh facebook group which is i think it's under the title of um where we're moving at the <laughs> minute um please yep. find the post with the link to the new group which is two crones in a book and yep. go and join over there you don't have to fill you know before it was all uh, answer questions and all that it's not like that just go over join it easy peasy hit the button hit that button <laughs> hit the button <laughs> the button what we got next next episode and next episode is a review it is it is and it's a christmas review because <gasps> you have some jingly bells going after this <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's called it's called Twelve Days of Christmas Horror by Rick Wood, and it is a collection of Christmas themed short horror stories. Uh, synopsis is from a sadistic secret Santa gift to a murderous telekinetic fairy to a nativity full of the undead. You'll find a horror treat for all twelve days of Christmas. That sounds like so much fun. I love an anthology. Yeah, do you know, I'm just having a look at some of the names. The Christmas Cannibal. This is some of the names of the stories. <laughs> um, oh, uh, what have we got? The Fucked Up Fairy. <laughs> Nativity of the Living Dead. Yeah, no, this looks pretty cool. That sounds fun. Um, it's really small, 156 pages. Um, there is more of them, but we're going to go with book one. And this was published on the 15th of November 2019. Yeah, we, I mean, we already started with the book doing book one because it's Christmas we're busy we've got stuff to do you guys know what it's like <laughs> definitely and it sounds fun it sounds like a right giggle actually a nice easy yeah. listen a nice easy read yeah it, it it and it's got pretty cool cover it's like a retro-y cover it is yeah I'm, I'm up for it I'm game I'm thinking it's looking good don't you Annette? yeah definitely I'm looking for it should be a right laugh this one in that case chaps Check out the Facebook page, isn't it? Just said, I'm terrible with social media. But Annette understands it all, so I'd follow her instructions. <laughs> and we we will speak to you next time. All right, take care, you budget troublemakers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Two Crones in a Book. If you want to follow the show on social media for extra content, you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook at Two Crones in a Book. And on Twitter, we are at Two Crones Pod. Or if you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can email us at twocronespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great day.